Welcome to the Archives of Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Bill Zaka, the leading force behind the creation of the Mendocino Arts Center in Mendocino County, California, was a person with vision and moxie, and one who made a dream come true. In August 1957, Bill Zaka was a young married teacher living near San Francisco. On a short trip to the village of Mendocino with his wife Jenny and their friends, Bill saw not only the beauty of the Mendocino coast, but the opportunity to act swiftly to purchase what is now the Mendocino Art Center and keep that property out of the hands of those who envisioned creating a trailer park there. Since its inception, the Mendocino Arts Center has featured artists, teachers, and students from all over the world. Bill Zaka, who was often called Mr. Mendocino, died on March 18, 1998. I met with Bill Zaka in his rose garden on August 20, 1997, and asked him to tell the story of his first trip to Mendocino the subsequent move, and the creation and development of the Mendocino Arts Center. We came up and stayed at Navarro, but one day we drove through Mendocino and after, when we left, we had a picnic out on the point because there was no reason to stop in Mendocino. Uh, and I said, you know, I've looked for this place all my life. And Gene Crowdy said, well, if you want it, you can have it. It's all for sale. And it believed. So we went back to the city and then drove back the next day with Sue Erlen Cotter put money down on the big house. And I got a job teaching school for the next fall. What and were you teaching? Art and crafts and assistant basketball coach. Great. <laughs> oh, brother. And then the art center evolved from there? Oh, that, that year while we were moving up, we moved up in August of 58. And I walk, walking around town doing watercolors, I stumbled onto the art center property and fell in love with it. But everyone was against buying it uh, because it, there was nothing usable there. It was burned out buildings. They didn't see the same dream that you no, saw? But, they wanted me to buy the place next door to us, or the place that's possibly this, down on Main Street, because it was just old buildings. Where we're sitting now in your rose garden. Hmm? Where we're sitting now in your rose garden. Yeah, it was this property and the one next door, if I'm not mistaken. But I didn't, Denon from Heritage House insisted that I buy these. He said this, this building could be saved, and the other that we had rooms we could use for classes. But no, I said, but that was the art center over there. 
and then in 58, or it's all mixed up. 15, the receipt says 59, but I swear it was 58. Uh, I was at the bingo game Saturday night. I always went because I was teaching high school and most of the parents went to the, many of them went to the bingo over at Crown Hall. And that Saturday night, it was getting late when I got there, but there were two guys, strangers, sitting alone across the table from me. And between games, I said, you know, where are you from? Oh, San Jose. But we're moving up here. And I said, what on earth are you going to do? There's no jobs up here. And he said, oh, we were starting a business. What kind of a business? Trailer park. Oh, my. And I said, where are you going to have it? And they said, in the, we, we're not at liberty to say we're buying the property on Monday, but there's a burned-out mansion, three outbuildings, two wells, and beautiful planting. Yeah. And so I got up and I went home, and we didn't have any money. That's what the minimum wage I was getting t as a beginning teacher and plus all the debts we were in. And I said, I've got to have $500 by morning. And Sue Erlen Cotter said, well, what's the, what's the problem? And I told her, and she said, okay, I'll drive to, I'll give you a check for $500 and Jenny can deposit it up here when the bank opens Monday. Yeah. I will drive to, San, to Marin County and withdraw $500 from savings and put it in the checking account, and it'll all be taken care of. So the next morning, when he opened, we were there at Highway Market. It's gone now. Pete Paoli. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, Bill, what are you doing here this time of morning? And I said, I came to buy the property. She says, good for you. I said, how much do you need down? And he says, oh, $50 will hold it. What, what will, how about the balance? Well, this fall I'd like to have $1,000, but the rest of it, just give it to me when you've got it. That's a great way to have a promissory note. Yeah, and, and Great mortgage. And I said, what about interest? Or he says, he said, what about interest? And I said, oh, you're not going to charge interest. <laughs> this is a community thing. And he said, no, it's not legal unless there's interest. So I said, well, 1%. And he said, no, no, let's make it 4 So he wrote it up on a grocery ticket, which we have the sale of the property, and when our boys went in to buy it Monday morning, it was sold. No trailer park. And that would have been a motel, a, a tourist. Yeah. Trailer park. Yeah. God. So tell us um, about how the art center evolved from there, the, the thinking that you had and the classes that 
Uh, oh, I mean, this has all been be. since I just started. We had work parties to clean up the grounds, and we just scheduled classes, period, in the summer. We were working on the buildings, painting and whatnot. National Lead donated paint. And I looked out in the grounds there where the Matia poppies are, and here stood Mr. Heezer crying. And I went out and I said, Mr. Heezer, is, is something wrong? And he said, this is the first civic improvement in 50 years. And he, he loaned me the money for the middle building, for the nickel studio. $4,000 it cost to build that. And then came the Helen Shoney Theater. That was the last thing I finished, 71. Why was it named after her? Oh, she just had a lot to do with, she could, I, I wrote her, she wasn't well. I just wrote her and told her I was, she had directed a show I toured the South Pacific in. And she, I wrote her and said that I was starting an art center and I had a building being donated. It was used for fire practice instead, unfortunately, due to our banker in Fort Bragg. We have a, I have a building that I'm going to adapt into a theater, in the, <coughs> a theater in the round, and I would have a tiny apartment. And if you'll come and direct the theater, we have no money, but you can keep everything that comes in at the door. Just got a theater going. And she wrote back that that was the dream of her life. And she had to finish the school year, and she would be here. And the next thing I heard was she was reading my letter to friends on the way to dinner when she dropped dead in the car. Oh, my. So we still have all of her books and her notes on plays she did. Hmm. But, oh, she said she would do it if we would open. The first production was to be Our Town, and I was to be the stage manager. And so in 71, the theater was finally finished. The seats upholstered. I upholstered every seat in that <laughs> theater. The seats were upholstered. The Everything was usable, and we had our town, and it was, and I, it's still, and I guess that was the m most fulfilling moment of my life. Okay, my promise to her was done, and the b art center was built, and it was paid for. You're listening to an interview with Bill Zaka the creator and founder of the Mendocino Art Center. This interview was recorded 
in Bill Zaka's Rose Garden on August 20th, 1997. Bill passed away on March 18th, 1998. You're listening to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Bill, tell me something about how um, the village of Mendocino has changed in the 40 years that you've been here, watching it change and participating in the change. Well, we paid $6,000 for a house and it was last on the market for 750000 That's kind of the scope of the change yeah, in yeah. town. That's the main thing. Well, there's the Mendocino Historical Review Board that wasn't here a few years back. Well, I don't, I don't know what good it does. Or, I mean, it's a handicap for most things, and I think some of the things they've approved are unbelievably bad. What do you think the thinking is of the board? I don't know. I, I asked to be on it, but I was never accepted by the Board of Supervisors. Do you know why? I don't know. And the tourists, the people who come here and uh, leave a dollar or more, um, have had a big impact. Oh, yeah. The, M the 937 phone number is the, collects more bed tax than anyone, than the rest of the county, I think, put together. And we don't get any of it back. Nothing comes to Mendocino. It's all spread out. Yeah, I was on the... I was on the county chamber of commerce when they first started it, and the head of it said the reason we wanted you on it was you're responsible for the biggest industry in Mendocino County since lumber. And they were talking about publicity, and I said, you know, don't pay these expensive ads and sunset and whatnot. Give me a grant and I'll do a program that will get write-ups that you can't buy. Uh, that's true, but they never gave a cent. Tell me about the program that you would have done. Because the main thing is that I didn't realize it, but there's no, there was no place that I know of in the country that offered these short-term workshops. And personally, I've, in all my university going over the many years, I think one week or three or four days with any teacher, and he's taught you everything that he can. And the rest is practice. And you, and you sign up at the university and you're stuck with it if you don't like it. And you've got to get a, you've got to keep that average up. So you break your neck doing something you dislike. I did it myself. And here you take a three-day three sampler, and if it hits, if that's what you've been looking for, okay, then go into the, go someplace, and if if necessary, sign up at a, 
university where they've got lots of equipment and lots of money for supplies and, and foster the thing. But that's happened over and over here where people, one woman, I remember the first <coughs> time she signed up in Malkovkins, ceramic class and I went in and she was sitting on the floor making coiled pots and said oh she was having the time of her life. About four years later she was writing articles for Ceramics Monthly mm -hmm. and is known nationally. And she started there? We've had... With Sasha's class? Yeah, but we've had the major Lottie Lolly Jacobson, who managed the weaving for me after f the first years, said she went to a weaving convention in, I think, Denver, and every major weaver at the convention had taught a workshop at the Art Center. It's pretty fantastic with the people we got. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your personal artwork, what you strive to achieve? Um, I can't, um, I do it, but I can't be verbal about it. I love to work in sculpture and I love watercolor and I love the printmaking <coughs> on it. It uh, just fits into three different types types of weather during the year I, and it just that's I spent my year doing those three things can you describe the personal satisfaction you get from being creative in that realm I know I get my satisfaction from trying to be creative in radio no I, if I do a watercolor and if it's a good one and I know if it's a good one when I finish because I finish it outside, I never work inside. I'm exhausted, I could lie down and sleep for four or five hours. Mm -hmm. But it's completely exhausting to turn on completely to accomplish something. Are you still painting? No. My hand won't obey me anymore. But you're still looking at artwork and still critiquing oh, it. Oh, yeah. Thing is, I think basically I'm a peasant laborer. And I can, I can get in and I'm, I'm not ashamed to get in to fix toilets when they're stopped or broken. Don't call a plumber. We can't afford $25 to see what's wrong and then have them come back. So you do the work yourself? And at the art center one day we had a caretaker and he came in and he says, we've got to call so-and-so. What's the matter? We have to have a new toilet. He said, what's the matter with the old toilet? Well, it's broken. So I went over to look at it and from where the bolts go through, hold the seat to the stool it was broken. That corner was broken off. I don't know how someone did it. 
So I told him, go to Mendoza's and get me a $1 tube, double tube of epoxy glue. Mm -hmm. Patch it up. So I mixed them up and I smeared both seeds. With, it was five minute epoxy. So I pulled it into place and I sat there hugging that toilet for about 10 minutes. If you go to the theater today, it's the restroom on the left. The, it's a gray, uh, it was a very expensive toilet that someone had taken out of a house when they put in new colors. And it still works just fine. Oh, it's nothing wrong with it. Another time, call the plumber, what's the matter? There's a leak in the yard where, and here it is bubbling up. And scoop it with your hands and here's the plastic hose six or eight inches down with a hole cut in it by the spade or something. <clears throat> and I told him, turn off the water and then go to Mendoza's and get me a close nipple and two clamps, one inch. And he did. And we cut the hose, we pushed in the nipples, put on the clamps. Okay, turn on the water, Ed. Yeah, cheap bastard. So, Bill, if you were to give some advice to some young people about how they ought to get the most out of their life, what would you tell them? No, I always think of the stranger stopping. A stranger in New York stopped this great violinist on the street, not knowing who he was, who he was and said, how, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? And <laughs> says, practice, practice, and left him. But yeah. that actually happened. Yeah. I forgot who the violinist was. But I think that you do what you want. You just do. You've got to think of others in the interim, but you've just got to do what you want to do. And as long as it's right, go ahead and do it. I mean, if you're the one that's going to suffer because of neglect, okay, that's fine. If you were to make some changes, if you had the power to make some changes, what would you do? Changes in what? Well, in this community of Mendocino. I don't know. I was disappointed for a while, but the main thing I'd like to see now is a parking lot. <clears throat> Even if the county's going to have to bury one across the street, they've got to have a place to put these automobiles. Because I, like my wife says, let's get them to turn this street into a one-way street and parking on one side only. You're talking so, about Main Street. Yeah, it's awful. Endless cars, endless cars. Of course, I hate automobiles. Yeah, I do too. I often wondered what Henry Ford would have done if he knew what was going to happen. Would he have created the challenge of the car? He would have put the money on a mutual fund. <laughs> and they'd be worth about 10 times what he did. Yeah. If you were to have done something different, in the 40 years that you've been here, if there's any few things, what would they be? 
I really don't, there's nothing that I can, can do that I would change. Yeah, that's a sign of a contented person. Bill, I want to thank you for joining us on Radio Curious, and I'd like to ask you the question I ask everyone at this time of an interview. And that is, could you please tell us of an interesting book that you've read lately? That I've read? Yeah. Of course, my favorite writer is Mario Vargas Llosa, the Peruvian. Uh -huh. Either he or... or um, Mar uh, Marquez. Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Yeah. I, in fact, I guess the greatest one is his Love in the Time of Cholera, which I think of all books, I'd, I'd love to read it again. Have you ever read it? I haven't read that, but right now I'm it, reading uh, News of a Kidnapping by him. I don't know it. Who it's, wrote it? It's a new one. Marquez. But read Death in the Time, A Love in the Time of Cholera. God, that's a gorgeous book. Well, thank you for being with us on Radio Curious. Bravo. Bill Zaka was the leading force behind the creation and development of the Mendocino Art Center. He died on March 18th, 1998. The book that he recommended is Love in the Time of Cholera by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Copies of this and other editions of Radio Curious can be found on our website www.radiocurious.org. There are over 750 archives on our website radiocurious.org and I'm honored to tell you that Radio Curious is now part of the collection at the Library of Congress. We appreciate your cards, ideas, and letters, and do enjoy hearing from you. The email is curious at radiocurious.org. The postal address is 700 West Smith Street, Ukiah, California, 95482. The phone is 707 621-5075. Ignacio Ayala is the assistant producer. I'm host and producer, Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.